The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers, to achieve their potential, and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you here with us, uh, Ken and Cheryl, with Dave and Wendy Ulrich, co-authors of The Why of Work, How Great Leaders Build Abundant Organizations. There's no question that the recession has put high demand on leaders and workers in virtually every organization, both large and small. Uncertainty, reduced revenues, layoffs, organizational changes, and increased workloads have put enormous pressure on employees and leaders regarding performance and career potential. Our guests today are thought leaders in organizational development and psychology, uh, enabling each to bring unique perspectives to how leaders can bring meaning to the work for everyone in the organization. Uh, stay with us for insights into, the, uh, into how great leaders build abundant organizations and how you can leverage this information for your own careers. Before we get started, I just want to remind everyone of the seven free videos that we've developed for you, our listeners, that will help you get a better job, better pay, and a better life. To access these free videos, simply go to www.betterjobbetterlife.com. Now, let me uh, give a brief introduction to Dave and Wendy Ulrich. Uh, David Ulrich is a university professor, author, speaker, management coach, and consultant. He is professor of business at the Ross School of Business, University of Michigan, and is co-founder of the RBL Group. He has written 15 books covering topics in human resources and leadership. Wendy Ulbrich is a licensed psychologist and provides training and consulting for organizations such as General Electric, the U.S. Army, Johnson & Johnson, and the United Way. She is founder of 16 Stones Center for Growth, which offers seminars and retreats for individuals and groups on creating an abundant life. She has taught psychology and organizational behavior at the University of of Michigan, among other uh, universities. Welcome, Dave and Wendy. Delighted Thanks, to be here, Cheryl. Ken, thank you so much. Well, we've got an exciting show planned today. We'll cover just as much as we can uh, for our listeners. Each of you per, uh, approaches our topic uh, from a little different discipline and, and experience. Can each of you give uh, a bit of uh, additional background uh, from your unique perspectives on our topic for today? Wendy, go ahead. Uh, well, I'm a, a psychologist, as you mentioned, and so, of course, I see the individual side of this issue as people come to my seminars, come to my office, and are looking at how to find meaning in their personal lives. That's often something that breaks down for us when times are rough and when we're struggling either at an individual level or in our families or 
in our work life, um, that sense of meaning sort of begins to dissipate. So I look at this from more of the individual perspective, and Dave looks at it more of the, as the organizational side. I come from an organizational point of view. Wendy has told me as a psychologist that I have OCD, which stands for Obsessive Compulsive Disorder, but in my case it's Organization Compulsive Disorder. <laughs> I like to look at organizations and try to fix them. But the way I fix them is to say, how does what happens inside a company create value outside with customers and investors? And so my interest is how do you go about rethinking and reshaping the way a company or organization works? Well, guys, uh, I have uh, a subject that is going to address both of your backgrounds. And uh, first, let me say we're honored to have you on. You both have uh, tremendous backgrounds. And one of the things that Cheryl and I do an awful lot of is uh, volunteering with the military. And uh, we have Memorial Day coming up, and um, it's appropriate to, in honor of our veterans, and by the way, many of our listeners today are both active military and veterans. So, um, Dave, Wendy, if you would address that. Wendy, I noticed that you have some background uh, working with the U.S. Army, and Dave, perhaps you can chime in, but we have uh, so many great men and women who are serving our country. Um, I'm a Marine Corps veteran and uh, somewhat of a Marine Corps historian, and I'm just so honored and thrilled to be part of a country that is uh, in honoring our veterans all the time. And it would be appropriate if we could spend a few minutes here to talk about our veterans and perhaps work you've done with them and some of your insights for our veterans and active military who are listening. That's uh, such a great issue. Dave and I both have fathers who served in the military and are veterans in this country. They've both recently passed away, and so they are both on our minds a lot and have such a debt of gratitude um, to them for the service that they've given that allows us to even pursue this question of finding meaning. You know, it's very difficult for us to even imagine how we would pursue this question or what meaning it would have to us to be looking for meaning in our lives without the freedoms that we enjoy. So we feel a a great debt of gratitude to our fathers and to all of those who serve in the military who protect those freedoms that allow us to have the opportunity to look at the question of meaning at work. Unfortunately, many of the Many of our veterans who come home from these assignments have their own sense of meaning deeply challenged, and some of the experiences they have that range from being in service assignments where they're just bored and, and life feels sort of devoid of meaning to, of course, the opposite extreme where they're under ex- incredible stress and their very lives are in, in danger and threatened on a daily basis. So um, that those, this issue of meaning becomes very important in all of those situations uh, how how we find meaning in life is is challenged in in those circumstances where the normal routines and the normal structures that sort of provide a lot of meaning for us get disrupted but it's very interesting to me that some of the great work on finding meaning um, comes from people like Viktor Frankl, who found himself in a concentration camp in World War II, um, a very difficult and challenging work environment, <laughs> to say the least. But in that circumstance, was able to look for what are the things that bring meaning and bring a sense of purpose and direction and 
that give us a sense that life is not just a, a, a horrible situation, even when we are in horrible situations. And Dave, really, in your work, um, you know, you talk about uh, your focus on organizations versus Wendy's on individuals, but really, in organizations, it comes down to the individual uh, employee and leader for finding that meaning as well, does it not? Absolutely. Organizations don't think people do. And and when you go into a company, it's a, it's a now a company has a personality and and Ken in the Marine Corps, one of the things that my friends who've been through there and my sons of my friends, they teach you this sense of meaning and pride that you're not just doing a job and going through the motions, you're creating a sense of affect and feeling and protecting your country. Uh, and Ken, if I may just comment, I as Wendy said, both of our fathers served in World War II. Uh, the part of my father's funeral, which was probably the most Emotionally demanding was when they uh, folded the flag and said, on behalf of a grateful nation, and uh, we are grateful for those who serve. Uh, You'd be, uh, uh, I mean, we could talk about this all day, all week, all month. Um, Dave, you'd appreciate the fact that uh, my father was a, and Wendy too, um, sorry, I didn't mean to uh, overlook you, certainly a critical part of this. Um, I have my father's flag in my office. Um, my dad was a World War One veteran, if you can believe that. Wow. And um, believe it or not, he never, ever talked about it. Um, and, of course, we now know uh, from uh, books like All Quiet on the Western Front how horrible World War One was a world, mustard gas and all the rest of it. And, I mean, it's just uh, so... Uh, important to us to volunteer and help uh, our veterans everywhere, and uh, and you know, we're going to say this throughout. But uh, you know, God bless them and God bless America. Absolutely. Well, amen to that. One of the things I saw recently in the news that you've probably seen in others is that one of the most critical issues for military well-being and health is emotional well-being, and a mm-hmm. number of military people who serve so so generously come home with emotional scars. Our book is not going to solve that. No book will solve that. But when you can begin to find a sense of meaning, both in military service and post-military service, some of those emotional scars and wounds may get healed. And, and there's not a magic elixir. But the kind of things we're doing are hopefully intended to help those who have emotional demands find a sense of meaning at work that will also heal those, those wounds outside of the work setting. You know, one of the things that uh, Marine Corps boot camp, for anyone who's ever been through it, uh, Marines understand this, and, and rarely, if ever, as anyone else, because you really have to experience it and be part of it. But in, in 12 weeks, um, Marines literally move from being rich or poor, black or white, depending, doesn't matter whether you're in Newark, New Jersey, or San Jose, California. I mean, in 12 weeks, it's just absolutely amazing. And Dave, from an organizational perspective, and Wendy, from an individual perspective, it's just marvelous for me as a, I've, not, I've now done so much work in organizations based upon that Marine Corps boot camp, but how you can bring so many people together with a common bond, and it's basically being a Marine. And well, I watched in 12 what, weeks how you move from literally uh, being total strangers to being uh, the best of buddies. And, and I mean, in three months, it's absolutely amazing how quickly you can do that. 
the, the Ken, this is Dave. The 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 research has shown that the Marines and the Army and the Navy, you don't want to just be a Marine, have done an incredible job of taking, and I don't mean to belittle them, but ordinary people and creating extraordinary teams. Exactly. And and it is phenomenal. It's a uh, John Katzenbach has written about that and done a spectacular message that the military is the best practice site, and that's what Wendy and I wanted to do in the book uh, on the why of work is say, how does any organization begin to create this sense of purpose and meaning that supersedes what individuals bring to the organization? So in a in a church setting where it's pretty obvious around volunteer and faith-based work, in a military setting where the purpose is around serving the nation, but also in a commercial organization. How do you do that at 7-Eleven? How do you do that at Walmart? Because when you do, something good happens, not only to the people, Wendy talks about a lot, but to the organization as a unit. Absolutely. And you've both done a tremendous amount of research on this topic. Just briefly, uh, before we come to the close of the first segment, what are the various disciplines that do come into play? We looked at, um, at, at seven or eight different, completely different uh, work set or, or um, research-based settings to try to get information, to try to call the very best of what the research tells us about how people find this meaning at work, what helps organizations and individuals and families uh, work well together. We looked at positive psychology, for example, which is a, a new well, not so new anymore, but a trend in psychology that's trying to look at not just how do we help people fix what's broken, but how do we help people find what's good and what is uh, strong in their lives and build on those strengths in a positive way to create happiness, not just overcome despair. We looked at family relationships for um, research, the best research we could find on how people get along and what helps people in in families and, and in all kinds of friendships and other relationships to have positive <clears throat> positive relationships with each other and what are the skills and the attitudes that are really uh, helpful in building those, those things. We looked at the social responsibility movement. We're all so concerned about the environment these days and trying to make sure that we create uh, socially responsible organizations that build for the future and not just exploit for today. We looked at issues around engagement and what builds engagement at work, at positive teams, at um, resilience and learning and issues around civility and delight and tried to just call from all of those disciplines the best ideas we could find that would bring together the research that's been done to help us understand how we build these organizations that foster meaning and how we as individuals can use this research in our own lives as well. Oh, you've done a tremendous job in, in pulling all of that together. I recommend the book to everyone, The the Why of Work. And, you know, in our uh, work with individuals who are in transition, uh, we, we pull on a number of those resources as well and also those that want to advance their careers and, and helping them to identify their passion and kind of target the best fit. We encourage them to do uh, an assessment of their strengths, their competencies, their preferences. And, Wendy, I know that you work with individuals uh, to attain an abundant life, what you call an abundant life. What do you recommend for effective assessment during a job or career transition? 
There are a number of things I like quite a bit. Um, a classic is the Myers-Briggs or Kiersey Bates instrument, which gives people some real ideas about their personality strengths, whether they're more of an introvert or an extrovert, whether they're better at the sensing or the uh, intuitive side of life. And there are a lot, there's a lot, long, long list of research that's come out of that instrument that helps people understand their own uh, individual personalities a little better and the strengths that come from those. I also like Marcus Buckingham's Strengths Finder and Marty yeah. Seligman's AuthenticHappiness.org uh, site, which has a lot of um, great instruments that help people identify individual strengths. And those, that one is a, a free site that um, people can can access and and find that. Last letter. one, uh, Wendy. Pardon me? What was the last one you mentioned? AuthenticHappiness.org. Oh, okay. Um, Marty Seligman is sort of the father of positive psychology and uh, has this research site. So it's, it's a free site and has several instruments on it for identifying those individual character traits or values or strengths that, that, um, that we like that to, to sort of understand better about what, what, what we're good at and what we really value in life. Well, and assessment is important in organizations, too, um, Dave, and I know you do a lot of work with uh, various organizations. Uh, are there some that you have a preference for? Yeah. We love to do the assessment, and, and let me just add on what Wendy said. The, the movement in psychology is build on your strengths, and the movement in organizations is create your culture, which is somewhat the same. What we'd like to do is tweak those a little bit. Build on your strengths that strengthen others that it isn't enough to have a set of strengths. It's how do you use those strengths in the service of others. And so the assessment we like to do in an organization is say, who are the customers and investors and or communities that you're trying to serve? What do we at Walmart want to be known for, for low prices? What do we at Apple want to be known for, for innovation? And the assessment then is tailored. If that's the identity we're trying to create in the marketplace, how do we build an internal set of, of practices that give employees that customer expectation. And the meaning is when we do things inside so that the outside wins, build on your strengths that will strengthen others. And that's the kind of assessment we like to do. Excellent. Well, we're going to take a little break here, but when we get back, we'll talk more about the why of work from these two giants in the field of work and career management. Stay tuned. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to betterjobbetterlife.com. And get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. 
Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Wielding power, shaping environments and outcomes and making things happen are all essential characteristics of great leaders. Yet these qualities alone are not enough to ensure your success. In a complex world, how do you decide what's most important to you? In your career, your relationships, your finances, your family, in the world around you, in the whole of your life at large. Dr. Joseph Riggio, the host of Leadership Intuition, says that personal leadership, the desire to take charge of your life, is the key to creating futures that work and building a life worth living. Join Joseph as he reveals the power of uncovering and living your own personal mythology, the key to personal transformation, exquisite performance, and social influence. Learn to look inside and discover your personal mythology and unique leadership style. Go beyond conventional advice and discover your unique success blueprint on Leadership Intuitions with Dr. Joseph Riggio each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Leadership Intuitions, power, achievement, relationships. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. We're uh, with Dave and Wendy Ulrich today, and we're talking about the why of work, how great leaders build abundant organizations. And we were talking a little bit in the last segment about the importance of assessment, both for individuals and also for, um, of course, organizations. Finding uh, our purpose and meaning in life and work is, is kind of a perennial search, and there are just libraries of books on the subject. What is unique about the approach that you have taken? As, as Wendy said in the last segment, um, we looked at seven or eight disciplines. Actually, we looked at about ten. This book took forever to write. Of people who wanted to find, say, how is meaning discovered? And we wanted to apply those into an organization. We saw three options. Option one Write a book to the individual, which you guys have done so great on your individual career, right job, right choice, and career. People like Marshall Goldsmith have done that very nicely. His new book, Mojo, is very good, or Daniel Pink on Drive. A second option is write about the organization. How does the organization find purpose and meaning? So it's not just about the individual. And Rosabeth Cantor has just done a very nice job. We decided to write a book between the two to leaders. Leaders, we think, become meaning makers. Uh, people look at leaders. They watch leaders. They observe leaders. And if leaders can create meaning in the organization, the employees will find it, and the organization will sustain it. So we think one of the things we've done is taken some principles of meaning from a number of disciplines and applied those to how leaders can become the meaning makers within their company. And what we mean by leaders is leaders at all levels of the company. And so our unique approach is some kind of enduring principles about meaning, finding your identity, finding your purpose, finding good relationships, 
and saying what can leaders do to bring that into any level of the company. Well, we're st- totally in sync with uh, with that approach. Um, some people have called Job Search a Total System a book for leaders, and not leaders in sense of those who are the managers, but really saying that every individual needs to be a leader of their own career. Exactly. And, yeah, when you take that approach, of course, then you can also rise to the level of a leader in the organization. One of the things we've done, too, is basically say that literally all employees and organizations have the ability to lead. It really doesn't matter whether or not they're in a position of leadership, but as we mentioned earlier, any party in any position really can provide leadership for others. And that's what Job Search Total System is all about, achieving better job, better pay, better life, and seeing yourself as a leader who's going to be aspiring to bigger and better things either in your organization or in other organizations. And the beautiful part of all of this, as we're all discussing, everyone has the ability to do it. One of the things that's been so key to our recovery from this recession that we've been struggling with is to have people who are willing to start new companies to be entrepreneurs and to exercise the leadership of developing just even small companies that begin to um, provide employment for others as well. So that's another area where people, we really need people to step up at all levels of uh, within organizations and when all else fails or when they have a great dream um, to start their own organizations that will begin to impl- uh, uh, supply that employment that helps others to get a step up as well. Exactly. And, and of course, uh, we all know that entrepreneurship has been the engine of uh, the job creation in our country, and we see that around the world, that that is what is inspiring other uh, countries begin to, uh, you know, rise out of their poverty. Absolutely. create wealth uh, for all of their people. Well, your book has a very long subtitle, How Great Leaders Build Abundant Organizations to Deliver Value for Customers, Investors, and Communities. What is an abundant organization, and why is it so important to delivering value to all of those stakeholders of an organization? Let me start, and then Wendy will finish. Um, by the way, we wanted to write the book in the subtitle, and uh, we have a very smart publisher, and the subtitle has now been shortened, <laughs> How Great Leaders Build Abundant Organizations That Win. Okay, and our uh, publisher said, let people read the book and not just the subtitle. <laughs> so I'll let Wendy uh, define what that means. Well, um, one of the really strong messages that we want to get across here is that building meaning at work is not just about everybody feel you know good and sing kumbaya and hold hands and be happy. Um, we really believe that when people find meaning at work, they not only find meaning for their own lives, but that they contribute to the bottom line of the company. That they that they actually make a difference in the success of the company, not just in their own personal happiness. So that was part of the reason for that initial subtitle was that to emphasize the importance of meaning as something that delivers value for customers, that makes a difference to investors, that builds hope in communities. We define an abundant organization as one that does all three of those things, that builds meaning for individuals, that adds value to customers, and that creates hope for humanity at large. And we, we think that an abundant organization will do all three of those with, um, without just sacrificing one at the, to, to accomplish the other. Uh, of course, there, there has to be a bottom line that we respect and, 
if companies are not contributing to that bottom line, they just don't stay around very long to provide employment and to provide goods and services and to provide that hope for humanity. So abundant organizations are one are ones in which all three of those things are happening. Individuals are finding meaning, customers and stakeholders' needs are being served, and um, and hope is being built for the world. And you know what is so wonderful and for the world, Wendy is exactly right. Um, one of the things we do is talk about how critical it is that everyone, in order to be successful, not only for themselves, but their spouses and their families, their children, grandchildren, and all the other generations coming behind them, Absolutely. is to teach them how to achieve a better job, better pay, better life. And everyone can learn to do it. And one yeah. of the things we're going to be exploring here shortly is an international opportunity in China, India, and other countries around the world in which we can share our global thoughts on how we can all succeed together. One of the things about the Chinese, Indians, and many of the uh, other countries is that they grow up in an environment where they respect education, where they respect people who work harder, smarter, longer. And one of the critical challenges in China, India, and many other countries is they have millions and millions of college graduates who have degrees and no jobs. And it's critical that we do everything we can to share our knowledge, not only around the country, but around the world. And that's exactly what the project is all about. Fabulous. Well, we hear uh, about the importance of meaning or purpose to engage employees. What is the current level of engagement in organization, and how can organizations improve it during a recession or slow growth, as we've been experiencing in the last couple of years? Actually, the current level of engagement is awful. And in, in the engagement surveys, it shows low. Now, what's fascinating about during a recession is sometimes companies have done engagement surveys or satisfaction surveys, and they get a pretty high score. I've been in a couple of companies where the executives see their employee attitude data and they all pat themselves on the back and say, well done, well done, atta girl, atta boy, and we've done well. Let me tell you our fear. It's often a false positive. That in a recession, when you survey employees, what you're getting is an attitude of gratitude. I'm grateful I got a job. I have friends who don't. And so they'll score higher on the score. We're especially worried coming out of the recession that the engagement scores that were false positives may not be that high. And that, and that coming out of an economic recession, we see an emotional recession. And when employees feel put upon during the economic recession, they may get a high engagement score, but when they come out, and when they come out, they'll be able to leave and to move. In the uh, talent literature, the metaphor for the last decade has been a war for talent. I win, you lose. Mm-hmm. In writing this book, Wendy and I wanted to change the metaphor to a Marshall Plan for Talent. At the end of World War I, there was the Versailles Treaty, which basically chastised the enemy and put reparations on him and led to World War II. At the end of World War II, George Marshall and, and smart people said, how do we work together to make a better world, what Ken just talked about? We think coming out of this economic recession, the emotional or psychological recession that Judy Bardwick talks about, can be overcome when leaders create meaning inside their companies. And, and that takes engagement from not just showing up. In fact, Wendy and I like to make the distinction. Our son, when he was a teenager, was very competent at video games. And anyone who has a 12 to 14, 15-year-old boy has seen it. He was also very committed to it, and he was engaged. He played two or three hours a day. But it wasn't really contributing to his lifestyle. He felt it was, by the way. We felt it wasn't. <laughs> and, and, 
And what we want to do is go from engagement where you show up at work, which is putting in your hands and your feet, and even competence, which is your brains. So you've got your brains, your hands, and your feet. We want your heart and soul. And we want to be able to capture that around this sense of meaning to go from simply being engaged at work to being passionate and being, uh, being able to find meaning in the work that we do. Excellent. Well, when we get back from break, we'll learn how leaders can build meaning. So stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Dave and Wendy Ulrich, and we're talking about the why of work and really looking at how important meaning is not only for the individual but for the organization and how leaders can make a difference in creating that meaning. 
Well, I like the analogy you use in the book of a boat in rough water, and certainly we've been through some rough waters with the uh, the deep recession, and, and many industries are still uh, looking uh, to see if they're at the bottom, and um, even though there's been some improvement in the um, uh, creation of jobs, there's still uh, a lot of work to be done. Why is it essential to fix the leaks? as well as to be bailing out in uh, in tough times like we've been facing. Let, let me take that one, and you're going to have to shut me up here because I'm going to get passionate about this. Uh, two years ago, the U.S. economy faced a, a horrible recession that was devastating for so many, and our hearts go out to them. And the metaphor, the, the fix was, we'll bail you out. Well, the problem with a bailout, if you're in a boat, is you pull water out of the boat, but if you don't fix the hole, you're going to continue to have water in your boat. And it's not complicated to figure out. You've got to fix the hold. You've got to fix the leak. We believe that one of the serious leaks is the quality of leadership. When leaders start acting at all levels of the company, like you said earlier, with arrogance and hubris and, uh, and isolating themselves from, 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 those who make decision, from those who are affected by decisions, the hole in the boat's not fixed. There was a large company, and I'll probably get in trouble by going public with this, they got bailed out to the tune of $90 billion U.S. Two weeks later, their executives did a retreat that cost them half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. That tells me the hole's not fixed. They just didn't get it. And uh, three months later, uh, 200 of those executives got a $1 million bonus. We believe you've got to fix the hole. And, and leadership with a sense of humility, a sense of service, a sense of sacrifice, the term we've picked is abundance, who build, who build others win. Now, the quick metaphor, and I'll be real quick on this, I get carried away. The Apprentice is a fascinating TV show, started in 2004. At the end of The Apprentice, and they had the celebrity apprentice last night, which has shifted fundamentally, but at the end of The Apprentice, the assumption is there's one winner and many losers, and the losers go home sad, you're fired is the tagline. What a horrible metaphor for leadership. Just an awful metaphor. The winner gets to then fire somebody else. A show came out January this year that not everybody has seen, but it was the number one show of its season on Sunday night called Undercover Boss. And in Undercover Boss, the boss dresses down to find out what gives meaning on the front line at 7-Eleven and waste management in amusement parks. What gives my front line employees a sense of meaning and purpose? And his job is to then share that knowledge with everybody. At the end of The Apprentice, as I said, one person wins. Last night, there was a wonderful winner. And what's interesting in The Apprentice, it's now shifted to the charity apprentice, the celebrity, that we want winners who help others. Well, in The Undercover Boss, at the end of the show, the boss stands up and says, I learned from my frontline people. Here's what gives you meaning. It's what gives you purpose. It's relationships. It's identity. My challenge as the boss is to help everybody find it. And a 1,000 employees at headquarters stand up. That's what we mean by a Marshall Plan for Talent. Boy, you Everybody talk about, wins. I mean, let me, let me share another one with you. I mean, we could talk forever about this. One of my favorite shows is Sunday night, uh, ABC Extreme Makeover, Home Edition. Yep. You ever watch it? Absolutely. And you watch it without I mean, crying. Uh, it, yeah, just, really. it just blows you away. But, you know, I sit there and I think about all the wonderful things we can do for people around the world, and I see one wonderful family who richly deserves it being helped by hundreds and thousands of people. And my thought is, why can't we help hundreds of thousands and millions of people instead of just one family? We can do it all over. Mm-hmm. An example is to take Jobs or Total System, your book, 
and take veterans and their families, unemployed, wonderful, deserving people, and put them in stadiums that are sitting there unoccupied. The University of Phoenix has 73,000 people they can put in there. We've talked to the president about, let's fill it up with people who can truly absorb and want to be better than they have ever been, and they're willing to earn it and deserve it. And that's exactly the kind of thing we want to do, and I know you'll join us, and we have so many others that want to help us. We can do it around the country, around the world, and help millions of the people instead of just a few. Terrific idea. You like it? exciting. That's really exciting. Let's do it together. You got it. All right. Well, often when we face risk and the potential for loss, and we see it so often with uh, individuals who come through our career transition programs, is, you know, you... We tend to retreat, and I'm sure you see this too, Wendy, you retreat into negative thinking, what you have called deficit thinking uh, in the book. How can individuals and organizations overcome deficit thinking? Such a such a good question. Um, one of my favorite little emails, you know, these things that come around to you all the time that people forward on and on, but the one that I saw was, some pictures of, uh, of electrical wires just overcrossing madly and this chaos of stuff that just looks like this horribly dangerous situation in a city. And it shows you several of these different pictures, and it says, you know, where is this? And you're kind of thinking some third-world country, you know, where they just don't have the same level of, uh, of rigor around how electricity is supposed to handle that we're used to. And, of course, the, the picture is actually of uh, places in India where um, it's just this chaos. And then it, it points out, this is India, the place you go for your technical computer problems. Um, kind, of a, kind of a sobering thing to realize that we look at that chaos of electrical wires and, and just see deficit. We see problems. We see what's wrong. We see things that need to be fixed. But the good people in India take the same situation and say, you know, we have a lot of skills. We have a lot of technical expertise that we can actually do a better job of handling your computer problems than you can over in the U.S. where you think you've got everything under control. So it's a great example of the way that we can get into deficit thinking where we look at what's wrong, what's missing, what's broken, or we can look at the exact same situation, the exact same circumstances, and look at what's possible, where the opportunities are, what's, uh, what can happen that, that can move things forward in a positive direction. We don't you know have what, to just focus on that. You know what's so wonderful, and, and Dave, uh, I know the, the thing you talked about just a minute ago, your frustration, uh, our frustration is we look at the news, we read the papers, and we see so many things that are going on that are within our control to change. And see, most people don't say, you know, I sit at home, I can't change this, can't change that. It's not true. We can change so much bad and turn it into good. And all we have to do is work together, find some common bonds, and make it happen. And once again, going back to Marine Corps training, that's what it's all about. We can do it in the Marine Corps. We can do it in our country, around the world, anywhere. I would uh, totally agree. I get frustrated. And one of the disciplines we looked at that Wendy previewed earlier was civility and political civility. If I want to be a Democrat, I watch Fox News for 30 minutes and get irritated. And if I want to be a Republican, I watch MSNBC for 30 minutes and get irritated. How come we can't solve problems? How exactly. come we can't say, look, there's some problems out here, health care, immigration, and these are serious. 
instead of posturing and politicizing, how come we can't work together? The Marine Corps is a great example. It brings, it brings young men and young women together from the Bronx, from Hispanic backgrounds, from African backgrounds, from Caucasian backgrounds, rural, urban, and, and 12 weeks later, they're a team. Boy, do I wish we could apply that. And that's what we're trying to figure out how to do. Well, it can be done. In my, one of my first projects in Houston, Texas, 40 years ago, I came into an organization, the president said, I have a team that hates each other. These guys hate each other, will never work together. I said, look, I'm going to come in for a week, not charge you anything, and at the end of the week you're going to find them working together and loving each other. I guarantee it. He said, you got it, and it happened. And all I did was Marine Corps techniques and taught them how to work together. And the president was unbelievably in awe, and that's exactly what we can do anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Well, we've, uh, the chapter we've gotten in our, in our book on relationships, Wendy has drawn on some of the work on marriage relationships you might talk about, but a high-performing team starts by being a high-relating team. In fact, I was on the phone this morning working to coach a team, and one level is tools. You, you, you come to meetings on time, you have an agenda. The other is an aspiration. Do we share our goals? Underneath that is a sense of trust which is built on relationships. And that's where we want to begin the problem, is not with the, the presenting problem, but with that underlying symptom. Absolutely. And really, when, when it all comes down, when uh, you look at the abundant organization, it comes down to the bottom line, doesn't it, Dave? I mean, there's, huh. there's meaning. Making meaning makes making, money. I mean, if there's money a tagline, making meaning makes money. Say it a thousand times. We're, We're going to take a little break to here, and when we get back, we're going to look for more on the challenges that are facing organization and how focusing on meaning can create abundant organizations. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Listen for the right turn with J.J. O'Malley. It's an insider's look at America's fastest-growing motorsports series, the Grand Am Rolex Sports Car Series, presented by Crown Royal Cask Number 16. You'll hear about what happened last weekend and get a preview of what's coming up next. From the Rolex 24 at Daytona through Watkins Glen International, Mid-Ohio, Laguna Seca, right up to the championship at Homestead Miami Speedway. The Right Turn with J.J. O'Malley, broadcast live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Power Up Motorsports Channel. 
Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you are listening to total career success with ken and cheryl dawson do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Dave and Wendy Ulrich, and we've been talking about the why of work and really talking about the importance of meaning both for individuals and organizations and how leaders can help to create that meaning. Ken, you wanted to... I do. Um... Uh, Dave, Wendy, one of the things that we emphasize in our programs, which I know you'll agree with and uh, totally support across the board, is that every individual, once again, regardless of their level in an organization or what they're doing, can provide leadership for themselves and, believe it or not, for the organization by becoming an example. An example of this is any individual who wants to come into a company and be an excellent and or outstanding performer. And what they are is a model for themselves, a model for others, a model for people to look up to. And the organization looks at them and says, wow, they're only temporary, but that's the kind of employee I want to have. And the beauty is every individual has the ability, the opportunity, the skills and talent to be able to do that. Your thoughts? Totally agree. I had an experience just this week with a young a uh, person, uh, not, not that young, a, a, a sort of um, a woman who has uh, raised a family and and uh, is got still young children at home, but she desperately is in need of employment and is going all over trying to find a job. And um, I decided I really could use some help with a few projects around my house, and so decided to see if she'd be willing to help me out for a few days. And she came in and just was so proactive, so willing to just say, you know, I can take care of that. Let me take good notes on what it is you want. You've given me $40 to, uh, to buy some things. I'm making a note of that on my paper here so that we both know how much you gave me, and so I'm accountable for that. Um, found in walking around my house looking at some projects that there was a dead animal in my window well, and I was just horrified to see it there. And her immediate response was, would you like me to get that out of there for you? I can take care of that. Just the level of um, ambition and leadership and not walking away from a dirty job, but being willing to step up and, and exercise leadership. Let me tell you, I'm going to be working with her and recommending her to everywhere, everywhere I can until she's got a job that will use the skills that she brings. Well, she was in the right place at the right time. Yeah, Dave, well, she was for Dave, me. <laughs> Dave, give us an example. I know you probably have hundreds in your head. Oh, there's dozens. I was at a large company named John Deere that makes far, primarily farming equipment, but other equipment about a month and a half ago now. New president, his name is Sam. And he stood up and he said to his top 200 people, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you where this company's headed. The world in which we live, the population will probably double in the next 40 years. Simple data point. 
the land available for farming, for food, is at 15% of the world's land, and it will not double. It's fixed. Ladies and gentlemen, we must double the productivity of that land. That's our aspiration. And then he had a line, eyes on the future, feet on the ground, and we added hearts in the game. And that hearts in the game is meaning. And let me tell you, those, these are hard-nosed business people. They're going to make money because they have to make money. It's the nature of the game. But when they make money with a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose, it, it, it embellishes what they've done, and it's a multiplier effect. And see, the beauty is people have so much within them that they're willing to give and willing to share. They just don't know how to do it. We, we wrote a, a book on leadership, and the first line is, leaders and leadership are not the same thing. Most of the writing on leaders is about the top leader, what he or she does. And it's about the individual. Be authentic, be motive. We think leadership is the real game. And leadership is where it's not the top person, but it's shared among everybody in the company. And, and that's the challenge you face. When you have true leadership, it isn't one person who runs an organization. It's everybody who shares in it. Well, I think that's uh, a, a good um, a thread that runs through your entire book. And I just want to encourage everyone to be sure to uh, take a look at whyofwork.com uh, because there are so many practical things in your book. We talked a little bit earlier about the relationship building. Uh, we touched on teams. There's an entire chapter on that topic. Um, uh, Dave, you mentioned your work in the culture setting, and there's an entire chapter about how to build a positive work environment. And then um, getting into contributions and how people can be challenged. And these are themes that run through uh, Job Search a Total System as well, so they resonate with us very strongly. And I wanted in this segment to touch on the topic of change, which is another great chapter in your book. Change is everywhere, and people at all generations are confronted with uh, changes in their careers, changes in how they need to uh, get to the next level, uh, jobs that are disappearing and having to change into new careers, and just on and on. How can employees and organizations persevere even though uh, there might be overwhelming odds and changes that they just never expected? At an individual level, if I can tackle that question for a moment, um, we actually looked at some of the resilience training in the military. We looked at how they train Navy SEALs and think about a threatening situation of change to be facing and um, feeling like you're under overwhelming odds if you're down under the water dependent on external oxygen um, and somebody attacks you. And one of the interesting things as you talk about the military training is how do they help people in that kind of situation, this very, very difficult um, environment that they're in, to keep their calm and to begin to be resilient so that they can save their own lives and persevere in the face of those kind of obstacles. And they look at four things. They look at teaching people to physically relax, which is almost impossible to imagine when you're under that kind of threat. But when we are wound up and anxious and uptight, it's very difficult for our brains to think clearly. So even when we're not in a life-threatening situation physically, we can feel like we're in a life-threatening situation emotionally when our jobs are at risk or when we are facing difficulties and overwhelming odds at work. So learning to just relax and to calm ourselves down physically, to combat, number two, our negative thinking. 
um, the thinking that sort of says, I can't do this, I'm never going to make it, I'm going to die here, I'm not going to be able to succeed, I've been looking for a job for three months and nothing has come along, I, certainly it's never going to work for me. To combat the negative thinking that um, that gets us so uh, stirred up that we that we aren't looking at the positive, we aren't looking at the opportunities, we aren't waiting for what's still around the corner. Third, to visualize success, to um, keep our minds and the pictures in our minds focused on what's a little step I could take in the right direction. How do I take a small step that will help me move toward um, t- toward the the future that I'm trying to imagine? And how do I keep that vision clear of I'm okay, then the first step is this or the next step is this, and in the, in the vision that I'm imagining, I'm keeping myself focused on accomplishing my goals, realizing my dreams, and then taking the small steps is the fourth one uh, toward those directions. So little things in the resilience literature that help us even today in, in less than life-threatening circumstances to combat those difficult odds. Wendy, Dave, one thing real quickly, um, page seven is nothing more than a personal commitment. And we give personal commitments to people who can achieve better job, better pay, better life. All you have to do is work harder, smarter, longer. You can achieve it. You can make it happen. Go ahead, Cheryl. Wind it up. Well, I know, Dave, that you do a lot of work in organizational resilience as well. We just have a minute left here. Do you want to uh, share just one point on organizational resilience? Sure. There, I'll share it with a, a, an old joke that's not funny but illustrative. If, if, Cheryl, you and I are being chased by a bear, you look at me and say, Dave, I can't outrun the bear, and I say, I'm not. I'm outrunning you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, don't forget to check out www.whyofwork.com. Also remember to go to www.betterjobbetterlife.com for our seven free videos. And thank you, uh, Wendy and uh, Dave, for an excellent show. We appreciate you coming on. And next week we'll have another very interesting program, so be sure to join us uh, for the holiday. Wendy, Dave, thank you so much. Great knowing you. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.